0: Hey, Ken Krawchak here, and welcome to episode 36 of The Pennsylvania Project. As you may know, here at The Pennsylvania Project, our vision is a better Pennsylvania. To achieve that vision, our mission is to boldly showcase the political, cultural, and environmental challenges facing contemporary Pennsylvania, and to relentlessly pursue correct solutions. But more important than solving the problem correctly is to solve the correct problem. No problem, man. Can you tell I was in Jamaica last week? (laughs) We have a potentially contentious episode planned for today, and like all episodes of The Pennsylvania Project, it's divided into three parts. You, them, and me. Part one is all about you, your questions, your opinions, your solutions, your whatevers. And rather than a call-in format, we are an email-in format. So if you have something to say, you can always contact us at pennsylvaniaproject.com, and you can always listen to us there, too, or on iTunes or whatever your favorite podcast provider may be. Today for the you part we get real with Real ID, not to mention some grammatical advice from our Facebook page, which I just did mention. And after that, part two is all about them. Each episode, we host a guest to help us showcase the political, cultural, and or environmental issues facing Pennsylvania. Our guest today is a mix of all three, Alan Fox, proprietor of the Vapor Fox Vape Lounge in Hatboro. After that comes the U-Part of part three. Um, Excuse me, after the U part, I'll get it right. You could tell I was on vacation, right? After the U part comes part three of the Pennsylvania Project, the me part, where it'll be my turn. Your caster, Ken Crawchuck. I'll be focusing on some particular issue that really sticks in my craw, pun intended. And you know what sticks in my craw today? Toastmasters. Yep. And throughout the show, as is our long-established custom, we'll be featuring a Pennsylvania Toastmaster to serve as a narrator to read our live commercials. Today we have Thane Shedder, a member of the ETS Toastmasters Club, the Princeton Toastmasters Club, and I'm sure I'm missing a few others in there. Welcome to the Pennsylvania Project, Thane. Well, thank you, Ken. Let me ask, what do you like about being a Toastmaster? Well, what is there not to like? Getting to know people like you, of course. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You wind up on the radio if you're not careful. Yes, when
1: I least expected it.
0: That's right. Well, welcome to the Pennsylvania Project. And we have a second Toastmaster with us today to help us read and respond to whatever comes into our mailbag, and to join in on discussions with our cohort, with our guest, a role we call cohort. That's two. If I get three, then I'd it. I'm, I'm leaving. Today's cohort is no stranger to the Pennsylvania Project. She was our narrator way back in episode nine, cohort in episodes 25 and 30, and she's a member of the Drexel University Toastmasters in Philadelphia, Ariel Kamen. Welcome back to the Pennsylvania Project, Ariel.
2: Thank you, Ken.
0: Third time as a
2: cohort? I know. I think I'm the charm here.
0: Oh, (laughs) must be.
2: Right?
0: What have you learned being a cohort here?
2: That it's important to say whatever is on my mind.
0: Yeah. Otherwise, it's dead air. And then Brett over there in the the sound booth, he's like,
2: whoa, whoa, what's going on?
0: Just like earlier tonight. No no comment. (laughs) All right. Enough of the gay banter. Let's take it that mailbag. And remember, our mission here is not just to complain, but to explore solutions. What you got, Ariel?
2: Here's something from the Pennsylvania Project's Facebook page from Michelle Branthover. She wants to hear all about grammatical errors. <laughs> and someone replied, don't give Ken any ideas. He'd probably do a whole show on grammatical errors.
0: <laughs> and I actually thought about doing that, but I don't think so. And whoever made that second comment certainly knows me. But no, I'm not going to succumb to the lure, much though it is alluring. There's only once in all of it, this is episode 36, there's only once ever responded to a challenge on any grammatical issue. It was way back in episode 14, where someone came down to me for our motto, more important than solving the problem correctly is to solve the correct problem. In his opinion, it was, quote, unquote, clunky and grammatically questionable. Well, I went on for maybe five or ten minutes about it because it's actually a valid rhetorical device known as antimetaboly. And I'm not going to try and spell that. It's actually an epigram where you repeat the same words, but in reverse order. And probably the most famous antimetaboly is from President John F. Kennedy. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Well, I'm not going to go into all the grammatical details again. You're welcome for that. (laughs) If you're really interested, you can go check it out It's in the beginning of episode 14 on our website, PennsylvaniaProject.com. But let me sum it up in one sentence. As a Toastmaster, I always strive to have the most perfectest grammar possible.
2: (laughs) Next, we have from Susan Farwell from New Hope, Pennsylvania. Can you do a segment on the new real IDs that we're all going to have to carry to travel by plane come October 2020? I'm feeling very libertarian about it.
0: Oh man, Yep. A good question, Susan, especially since, as I mentioned, the wife and I just got back from a long vacation. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, we were in Jamaica, man. And among other fun things, we did a seven-day Caribbean cruise. We were in the Bahamas, Cozumel, Grand Cayman, too, in Fort Lauderdale, Jacksonville. It was a great time. And there's one strange thing that happened. Do you know that... Chickens walk free through the streets of Georgetown, the capital of Grand Cayman. That's odd. We we're sitting in a bar and there's a chicken walking by on the floor right next to us. And I asked the waitress, I said, hey, there's a chicken walking around in here. And she looked at me like I had two heads. She didn't seem surprised. At me. She said, yeah. It's like asking a Philadelphia saying, hey, there's a pigeon walking by. You look at it. Yeah. What'd you expect? <laughs> I guess if somebody asked me that question in Philadelphia, I guess I'd look at them funny too. Anyway, I'm off on a tangent here. Let me come back. This is supposed to be about real ID, but I'm not quite there yet. I'm still warming up because we didn't need real ID. We took Amtrak from Philadelphia down to Fort Lauderdale, and then we caught the cruise boat down there. Train travel is a blast compared to air travel, and we like it anyway. Not only do we have zero ID to get on board— There were no scanners, no pat-downs, no one going through our luggage. We even kept our shoes on. How about that? We brought beer, we brought wine, whiskey aboard in amounts more than three ounces each. And no one even blinked an eye. Isn't that cool? What a throwback. Now, of course, on the cruise ship, we needed passports. I happen to have mine with me today, too. That's not surprising. It's international travel. Although they did have a metal detector to get onto the ship, but there was no pat-downs. We kept our shoes on. We brought beer, wine, and whiskey. It amounts a lot larger than three ounces each. No one blinked an eye. In fact, they even helped carry it on for us. not that nice? But the ride home, that was a lot different. We flew. So I had all that security theater. Take off my shoes. Take off my belt. Empty my pockets. A free feel-up from, from some stranger. And no dinner and movie first. What the heck? But I'm digressing again. The point I was getting to is that I used my Unreal ID driver's license on this TSA guy. And he didn't even blink an eye. It's probably going to be the last time Susan has warned us it's coming. In a couple of months, my license is going to turn to a pumpkin. Now, how am I going to fit that in my wallet? I have no idea. But I digress again. A lot of digressions today. Like I said, first show after vacation. For those of you who are not aware, the federal government is instituting internal passports to travel inside America when you go by air from state to state. They call it Real ID. I call it, your papers, please. Doesn't it sound like Nazi Germany? Yes. That's pretty bad. How do we get there? Why? According to DHS.gov, the Department of Human Services, there was a Real ID Act that was passed by the government in... Congress in 25, 2005, enact, enacting the 9-11, here, enacting the 9-11 Commission recommendation that the federal government, quote, set minimum security standards for state-issued driver's licenses and identification cards and prohibits federal agencies from accepting, for official purposes, licenses and identification cards from states that do not meet the standards. These official federal purposes are? Accessing federal facilities, boarding federally regulated commercial aircraft, and entering nuclear power plants. Unquote. An internal passport. Not that I visited many.
2: How old do you have to be to get a real ID? That's
0: a good question. I don't know. Probably does not apply to minors. The state does issue identification cards starting when you're 18, but I don't know about the rest of it.
2: Because if that's the case, what's the point of having a real ID when people are going to have either the state-issued IDs for people who do not already have driver's license and are over the age of 18? And by that point, you're illegal to drive everywhere in the United States.
0: Except you can't get on a plane. Or is it a nuclear power plant? I do that all the time. Too. No. <laughs> I don't know.
2: Who's paying for these cards? I'm
0: getting to that. Well, you're way ahead of the game here. This internal passport, your papers please, coming to a wallet near you soon. Do you know Pennsylvania originally refused real ID? They turned it down cold, solidly, big time, refused it. They called it a national ID card and a very expensive one, here's your answer. It was roughly $100 million to implement. They were worried about these huge privacy concerns because it's got biometric information on it.
2: What does that mean?
0: That means they know all of the electronic things about you, the positions of your eyes, the distance between your eyes and your mouth, and they can recognize you with an electronic camera. makes it easy to spot you, easy to identify you. Your passport already has that.
2: But so does my Apple iPhone.
0: I don't use an Apple iPhone. What if I don't want to use an Apple iPhone?
2: Samsung Galaxy actually does eye recognition. My Apple iPhone is way behind the game with my fingerprint. Apple's slacking out here.
0: I think the difference here is who chooses. As a libertarian, I believe you have the right to live your life your own way without interference, provided you respect the rights and property of others. If you choose to give away your biometric information, it's up to you. If you choose not to, that's up to you. But now the government is taking that away.
2: Facebook sold information to the government, so...
0: There you go! And you're Uh, giving Facebook this information? So,
2: yeah, so you're saying you get to choose. People are still choosing to use Facebook. I don't use it. But other people are.
0: They're choosing to. That's their choice. They have the right to live their life their way. If they want to choose Facebook, it's their right. Not me.
2: But that doesn't give anyone, any of us, an answer about the real IDs here.
0: Well, let me tell you how it came about, because back in, in 2012, Governor Tom Corbett, who I ran against, signed Senate Bill 354, which is now known as Act 38 of 2012, banning Real ID in Pennsylvania. He had, Not only did he have bipartisan support, he had overwhelming bipartisan support. The roll call vote in the House 189 to 5 to ban real ID in Pennsylvania. 185 to 189 to 5. That's 3. I'm out of here. In the Senate, it was even better. 50 to 0 to ban real ID. It was unanimous. How often does that happen in politics where everybody is behind one idea? How did it ever pass? It was such a historic majority. Well, there was a hero here plain old citizen from Cranberry, Pennsylvania, out near Pittsburgh, Aaron Bollinger, a religious man. He calls himself the Disciple Aaron. I met him in 2009 at the Pennsylvania Libertarian Party Convention, where he did a workshop on how to lobby legislators with an emphasis on stopping Real ID. And guess what? It worked. He had us all out there, and we got it driven back. But then five years later, after that near-unanimous rejection of Real ID— in May of 2017, Pennsylvania caved in. Solidly caved in, completely caved in, caved in big time when Governor Wolf signed the Pennsylvania Real ID Compliance Act, Senate Bill 133, now known as Act 3 of 2017, that removed the ban. The vote? Not even close. In the House, it was 190 to 1, one dissenter. In the Senate... 49 to 1, a single dissenter, virtually unanimous, this time not to create the ban, but to lift the ban. What happened? Why the 180-degree turnaround? The feds, Department of Homeland Security to be precise, they threatened to bar Pennsylvanians from flying on any commercial airplane, and eight days after that ban would take effect, they would add a prohibition on any Pennsylvanian from entering any federal courthouse, any government center, any military installation, or... The old nuclear facility again. And so Pennsylvania caved in to all that federal pressure. You know how to think of real ID, Susan? We're big on solutions here at the Pennsylvania Project. But just like our racist court system, a solution to this eludes me, short of revolution. Where is Aaron Bolnier when we need him? So enjoy your passport and repeat after me. Your papers, please. <laughs>
2: There has to be something good about them, though. It can't just be something that everybody thinks is awful but is still being implemented. They have to argue good reasons for it. If you did
0: house-to-house searches looking for people breaking the law,
2: I'm sure you'd catch criminals.
0: The goal here is not to go house-to-house searches. The goal is to respect the rights and property of others. And obviously they're not doing it. On that dark note, that's going to have to do it for the You portion of episode 36. We're going to pause for this information, and when we return, we're going to be visiting with today's guest, Alan Fox, proprietor of the Vapor Fox Vape Lounge in beautiful downtown Hatboro.
3: Did you hear the latest news? Almost two-thirds of all federal spending now goes to pay for the welfare state. More than $2.2 trillion, which just about equals federal income. Do you realize what that means? Virtually all tax revenue is now being consumed by the welfare state. But how do we rein in that runaway spending before it destroys America? The answer? The separation of society and state. That's the premise of the new novel Atlas Snubbed, an unsanctioned parody sequel to Ayn Rand's Atlas Shrugged. Atlas Snubbed presents a workable alternative to the welfare state as we know it. Atlas Snubbed expertly extends Rand's epic story of a looter's world snubbed by the men of the mind bringing to life a crumbling post-apocalyptic world where no one need ask who is John Galt because now they know Atlas Snubbed available at all online bookstores or through atlassnubbed.com read it today before it's too late
1: here's an interesting question what do you think of these three ideas number one People have at all times an inalienable right to alter, reform, or abolish their government as they think proper. Number two, juries shall have the right to determine the law as well as the facts. Number three, the right of the citizens to bear arms in defense of themselves and the state shall not be questioned. Do these words sound like they're something taken from a Hollywood political thriller? Well, they're not. They're all direct quotes taken from Article One of the Pennsylvania Constitution. Everyone's heard of the United States Constitution, but have you ever heard of the Pennsylvania Constitution? Have you ever read it? But most importantly, was it ever taught to you in school? If you're like virtually all Pennsylvanians, the answers are likely to be no, no, and no. Well, it's long past time we change these answers to yes Yes and yes, and you have a crucial part to play in making that come to pass. As you know, we here at the Pennsylvania Pennsylvania Project are are all about solutions, so we've authored a petition demanding that the Pennsylvania Constitution be taught to our children. It's up on our website, PennsylvaniaProject.com. If you believe it's important for our children to know how our state government works, please add your name to the growing list of signers. And every time we accumulate another batch of signatures, we'll send a copy of the petition to the governor, the Pennsylvania Board of Education, and each and every one of the 501 school districts in Pennsylvania, asking them right now to start teaching our children the Pennsylvania Constitution. So please sign the petition at PennsylvaniaProject.com. Do it now while it's on top of your mind get your friends to sign it your neighbors your co-workers the alternative is yet another generation that has never heard of let alone read the Pennsylvania Constitution and people wonder why no one votes anymore
2: <clears throat>
1: true words were never spoken hey
0: Ken Croach here again and welcome to the then portion of episode 36 of the Pennsylvania project where we host a guest to help showcase the political cultural and and or environmental issues facing Pennsylvania. Our guest today is a mix of all three. His name is Alan Fox. He's proprietor of the Vapor Fox Vape Lounge in Hatboro, Pennsylvania. it has been there since 2009. And according to their website, Vapor Fox is the area's original brick and mortar store and vape lounge. Welcome to the Pennsylvania Project, Alan.
4: Thank you, Ken. Glad to be here. Welcome, and welcome to Thursday. Yes, and a good one it is, at least on, on the planet
0: right here. Now your vapor fox vape lounge, vapor fox is spelled funny, p h o x x e.
4: Yes, it is. That's uh, when I was coming up with the name for the store. My last name being fox, I went to go use that, and it was taken.
0: Oh, I was going to ask, what are you
4: smoking? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I I fell back on uh, phonetic spelling and went with that. Uh, and you know, and I have to fall back here on something
0: else too because. There's a grammatical error on your website, you know. Indeed. Indeed. It says, the area's original brick-and-mortar store. And you got A-R-E-S. It's supposed to be A-R-E-A. Sorry, sorry. (laughs) A-R-E. What are you trying to do to me here? (laughs) (laughs) I'm falling falling apart. Uh I'm not going to ask again what you've been smoking. Uh (laughs) No, it's... uh, when it says the area's original brick-and-mortar store, there's no apostrophe between area and S. A-R-E-A, apostrophe, S. The apostrophe is missing. It has Indeed. to be
2: one of the most common grammatical errors of all time, though. Uh, I so that- we'll give him a break here. All right. <laughs> yeah.
4: I'll, I'll, I'll write a letter to someone that might care. <laughs> <laughs> no reason to write, I guess. Right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, let's start at the top. What is vaping? What does that mean? Vaping,
4: that's a very broad term, Uh, It applies basically in in this case and what we're talking about, uh, uh, harm reduction system for smokers. Uh Um, Basically vaping is the process of heating a solution from a power source, i.e. a battery, to produce a vapor that people can inhale and exhale that may Contain nicotine or not, or flavors or not, to simulate the effect of smoking.
0: When, when you say heating a solution, I, I can't help but think that we here at Pennsylvania were all about solutions. <laughs> <laughs> now,
4: why, why do people vape? Why do people vape? It's vaping was developed as uh, by a gentleman in China seeking an alternative to smoking or a safer alternative to smoking because his father had died of uh, cancer from smoking and he had a vision to come up with a way to deliver nicotine without any of the uh, toxic overhead with actually combusting tobacco. Okay. And, and he came up with a system using a, uh, batteries, batteries and heating elements and a liquid that was infused with nicotine that could provide a smoker with the same effect as smoking without any of the toxic payload. Okay, isn't, t- isn't the nicotine itself toxic? Nicotine is not toxic. Nicotine is in basically a handful of molecules away from caffeine in uh, both like, chemical composition and effect on the human body. Uh, so it's just as addictive there's recent studies that really play down the uh, actual addictiveness of nicotine and caffeine yes they are addictive but they're not like uh, tragically addictive uh-huh
0: i, I smoke cigarettes for what about 20 years and i can tell you that cigarette maybe about 15 years i can tell you that nicotine is definitely addictive Yeah. <laughs>
4: well you're smoking cigarettes there's more than just nicotine and cigarettes there is a whole litany of uh, additional elements that are added into the nicotine to enhance its desirability for the body to want to seek out um, many, many magical ingredients by the uh, tobacco companies to enhance its desire for you. Ah. Uh, Nicotine in itself, uh, once if you're quitting smoking, you're actually addicted to over 2,000 different chemicals that are also in the tobacco that is uh, treated with and designed with there's actually very little tobacco in a tobacco cigarette it's actually uh, chemically treated uh, tobacco or paper pulp uh, with with a small small amount of tobacco in it so t- uh, cigarettes don't e- actually even have a lot of tobacco in them
0: hmm you know you say it's got thousands of different chemicals in there I was in high school in the late 60s college in the early 70s there were a lot of chemicals right back then
2: (laughs) 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 Alan do you use the products that you sell heck
4: yes I do (laughs) 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 yes I do and that's uh, that's what got me into the business Uh, I was a two pack a day cigarette smoker easily Uh, on the weekends back in the older days on the weekends it could go significantly up from there um I knew I should quit smoking. I had had a heart attack. Um, I hadn't no. I'd stopped smoking after that for, gosh, it was five whole days uh, <laughs> while soon, you were at the hospital. Well, pretty much. Uh, as <laughs> yeah. soon as I got back out of the hospital, the first place I went was to get cigarettes. Hmm. Um, I had uh, wanted to wanted to pursue looking into quitting. I had gotten the uh, prescription for Chantix, hadn't started taking it yet. Um, Went shopping, it was uh, Christmas in 2009, came across uh, this booth in the mall in Montgomeryville and they had these electronic cigarettes there, a little kiosk thing, a wagon. And uh, I paused and was watching the video on it and I had heard about them in the back of my head. It's like these electronic cigarette things and I paused and was watching the video on it and uh, the salesman there kind of latched onto my leg and I couldn't shake him off. Um, <laughs> eventually, I uh, he told me about the product as best he could and uh, he actually had one to try and I, I tried it and I was kind of intrigued by it. I was like, well, this, it doesn't taste exactly like a cigarette, but..." I could probably—it's like I could—I could work with this as as a tobacco substitute because there weren't like flavors at the time. Uh, it was basically it was just tobacco or menthol, and I just you know I was not a menthol smoker. So tobacco I was like—I'll oh, give it a try. Besides, it plugged in and lit up and made smoke, and I'm a guy, and we love that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> And, and now you run a vape lounge. So, so yeah, it's like so. I, I got I got this little kit from him. Cost me an arm and a leg. I had half a pack of cigarettes. I see you grew them back. Yeah. <laughs> I had half a pack of cigarettes, and uh, I switched back and forth between that and uh, uh, real cigarettes and the electronic cigarettes. And when I ran out of my half pack of cigarettes, and like I said, I was smoking two packs a day, so uh-huh. that only took about half a day. I didn't go back. Uh huh. And I started doing research. It's like, what is this? What's in this? This guy isn't going to be here in a little cart at the mall for the rest of my life to get these little, these mm-hmm. little cartridges from. Uh, it's, it's, what is this liquid? Can I make it? Uh, is it safe? Can I buy it? What is, and uh, one thing led to another. And next thing you know, well, <laughs> here I, know. I am. Yeah, uh, stars I've, got, align. I've been uh, researching and studying it uh, for uh, like uh-huh. about a decade now.
0: Now, I want to come back to the vape lounge. Yes. Do you got people who come in and just sit there and smoke? What's, yes. What does that mean?
4: Uh, well, actually, because of the uh, uh, expansion of the market over the years, uh, there's a, uh, a plethora of uh, manufacturers of the liquids uh, and, and a mind-boggling assortment of flavors that are available. Uh-huh. Uh, flavors are a large part of the... Uh, the part that people use mentally to get away from smoking. Like I uh, said, it's a harm reduction system, basically. You know, uh, what's
0: what's the difference between your lounge and say a hookah lounge? Um,
4: well, have you been in a hookah lounge? I have never. Actually, I've never been to a hookah it's lounge. Same thing. People just sit around and.
2: To well, hookah, they're doing tobacco. Yes, yeah, that's
4: that's actually uh, combust, uh, combustion oh, yeah, with yeah. tobacco. Yeah. And uh, whatever I guess flavors that they um. uh, use at uh, the, the shisha, I believe it's called. Yep. Um, so Ariel, you run a hookah lounge.
2: <laughs> I've there's a hookah lounge on campus actually. Is there? Yeah, and I've been once. It's I like it. Uh-huh. I I like the action of smoking, but in terms of vapes, have you ever considered calling what you're selling to people suffocation devices? <laughs> No, no, I uh,
4: haven't considered that, um, although, no, we haven't had any suffocation f- fatalities that I'm aware of from vaping.
2: Have you heard about the recent vitamin E acetate scandal that's been going on? Uh, what's your major at Drexel? Nursing.
0: Uh do I recognize <laughs> a pattern here? <laughs> My guest today is Alan Fox, proprietor of the Vapor Fox Vape Lounge in Hatboro. I'm your caster Ken Krachuk, and you're listening to the Pennsylvania Project, episode 36. We'll be right back after this information.
1: Thinking about getting your first tattoo? Maybe you're ready to add to that sleeve you started or cover up that one regretful choice? Put Sam C. and his team of artists at Iron Will Tattoo Club in Glenside, Pennsylvania, at the top of your list. The team at Iron Will has plenty of designs to choose from. They can create an original design or work with a design that you provide. Call 267-893-7625 today to schedule your free consultation. That's 267-8-WE-ROCK. Or visit them on Instagram at Iron Will Tattoo Club. Hey, Ken Krawchalk
0: here, caster at the Pennsylvania Project. You know, it's easy to find a high paying job. At least for some people it is. Employers are begging for competent leaders who know how to communicate effectively. But do those words describe you? Competent leader? Communicates effectively? If not, or even if they do, you may want to consider joining Toastmasters. The mission of Toastmasters is to provide a supportive environment for learning communication and leadership skills. But does it really work? Hey, look at me. I joined Toastmasters and now I have my own radio show. So turn your life around like I have. Visit Toastmasters.org and contact a club near you. Visitors are always welcome and be sure to mention my name. The future is anxiously awaiting competent leaders who know how to communicate effectively. You can be that leader. It all starts at Toastmasters.org.
1: Are you a small business owner, always looking for referrals? Do you have a streamlined approach to generating new referrals? Contact Stephen Worley to learn the fast, easy way to generate new referrals. Stephen has an all-inclusive system that will help you generate an extra five to 10 customers per week without spending a single dollar on ads. You won't have to create a website, have pictures taken, or write a single ad. Stephen will take the headache out of the process. Contact him at stephenworley.com. That's Stephen with a V-W-E-R-L-E-Y dot com. Do you have the financial freedom that you imagined you would have? At AJ Freedom Financial, we are dedicated to serving you while helping you achieve your financial goals. We offer planning and investment advice on everything from college and retirement planning to a rollover 401k. Please call 866-383-6899 to learn more. The top priority at AJ Freedom Financial has always been and always will be our clients. Call AJ Freedom Financial today to talk to a qualified professional. 866 383 6899. That's 866-383-6899. AJ Freedom Financial, helping Pennsylvanians (laughs) achieve financial freedom from the man. Securities and advisory services are offered through Gradient Securities, LLC member FINRA, SIPC. Insurance products and services are offered through AJ Freedom Financial. A.J. Freedom Financial is not affiliated with Gradient Securities, LLC. Hey, Ken Krawchuk here again, and we're back
0: with episode 36 of the Pennsylvania Project. And we're still here with my guest, Alan Fox, proprietor of the Vapor Fox Vape Lounge in beautiful downtown Hatboro, Pennsylvania. And before the break, (laughs) we're calling them what? Suffocation machines?
2: Suffocation devices.
0: Devices. Now, you say they're harm reduction. Things, Alan.
4: What do you mean? What's the reduction of harm? The reduction, and the reduction of harm is we're eliminating combustion uh-huh. from the consumption of nicotine,
0: and that's it.
4: And that's the largest part of it. The uh, e-cigarettes have been scientifically tested, proven numerous times, uh, and reiterated uh, at least three times in the past oh, couple of years. Uh, by the Royal College of Physicians to be ninety-five to ninety-seven percent safer than smoking cigarettes. So they're still dangerous? Five percent. Okay. Seat no. take for instance seat belts. Seat belts. Harm reduction on those is only fifty percent.
0: Really? Yes. I wasn't aware it was that big of a difference or that small of a difference.
4: That's a huge difference
0: raised three daughters, and it was nice because it kept them corralled in the back seat. (laughs) Reduced things besides harm.
4: Yes. So basically, it's like we're removing all of the, uh, like I said, the toxic payload from smoking. mm
0: -hmm. Well, there's a lot of stuff in the press lately about how bad vaping is. People are dying in the streets
4: and... Things like that. This is true. That's uh, and that's oh, largely. Ariel's nodding her <laughs> head. Yes, go ahead. Welcome, welcome to the battle. <laughs> 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 Why? Are you yeah. saying it's not true? People are not dying from it? People are not dying from traditional vaping. Traditional vaping has been on the market basically for almost uh, 12 years now. Uh-huh. Um, 13 million people have used them quite successfully. To get away from cigarettes, zero deaths attributed to nicotine vaping. Uh-huh. What's been happening recently is not nicotine vaping. What are they? It's uh, what it is is illegal, tainted THC marijuana cartridges, black market stuff I thought, that I thought that's nobody, being made.
0: I thought nobody ever died from THC from smoking pot. It's
4: not the THC. It's the uh, agent. It's the the ingredients that they use to cut the THC liquid to make it go further in a batch to increase their profits.
0: So it's those thousands of chemicals again all over? Not thousands of chemicals. What?
2: It's actually a, what I was saying before. It's terrible. the it's, vitamin it's, E acetate, it's which largely is... largely va- vitamin visc- E acetate. It's like a thick, viscous, yellow substance. It's an oil. Ye- that and that's
4: the big difference. Traditional vaping liquids, we don't use any oils. Uh-huh. Oils, you... Are not good to inhale.
2: It's it's used as topical skin creams. This vitamin E acetate that's been all over the news. Yes,
4: it's vitamin E acetate and gosh knows whatever else that uh, they're using in making their bathtub gin, uh, THC cartridges. I mean, people. Yeah, I mean, you can go onto the internet, the dark web. Actually, even even Amazon up until recently, you could go and buy empty packaging and cartridges for a small amount of mm. money, take them, fill them with whatever you wanted. Peanut butter. And it's like the <laughs> packaging would, would be labeled THC, look like THC, and you could fill these things up, take them off somewhere to wherever, and sell them to whoever. And it's it's not well, vaping. And it's I a- completely
2: <laughs> agree that your industry is getting a really bad reputation off of what is occurring within the black market, yep. which is in itself something I don't even understand. But a question that I have for you don't get is, me started. have you ever sold one of your products to someone who either you knew was not of age to buy it or handed you a fake ID and you turned your eye to it?
4: No, we have. Uh, well, he's a, going to admit that on the air. Oh yeah, yeah
0: I saw it to underage
4: people. All yeah, time. I have his name and address <laughs> right here. If you'd like yeah. to talk, Hatboro, <laughs> <Burrow>, PA. <laughs> prior, 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 to there being any federal law, uh, regarding uh, or state law with the age restrictions on vaping, uh, as as the market developed over the over the decades, uh, any reputable vaping store establishment like lounge or whatnot. We, we all as a group decided to self police at 18. It just, it just seemed the right thing to do because no one wants to be selling. It's like, sure. I could have sold it to a 12 year old and whatnot, but no one in the industry wanted to have a 12 year old's father dragging the 12 year old in with a vape Mm -hmm. and getting beaten to death for it. Yeah. So we self policed on our own at 18, uh, Years later, the federal government decided that they were going to like enact an eighteen-year-old age limit because I was the age now. It's all over the place right now, but uh, except alcohol, they, yes, don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, uh so there actually is a law in place uh, to not sell to underage people, what? and uh, any reputable stores do not do that. But, Be- as, but because I
2: think that that is why this is so controversial. I don't really think that people are as concerned as the people that are dying as opposed to the rates of children and even just a bigger population people under 35 using these products and having high blood pressure having strokes having seizures going into cardiac arrest like i think that's what the people are more concerned about
0: yeah i would agree with that do you ever fight back on this, like in your advertising and say, hey, these guys are full of bulla
4: or something? Yes, we, we post uh, – we we have people that uh, curate the scientific studies, uh, produce information that uh, in plain English so that people can uh, understand it without having to read uh-huh. uh, medical journals. It's just like the tobacco companies do. Well, similar to that, yes, but uh, – Ours, ours is is more is much more simplified uh-huh so do you
2: manufacture everything that you sell
4: no um uh, manufacturing or independent manufacturing kind of went by the wayside a few years ago uh because of uh regulations enacted in like 2016 as far as uh, uh not being able to like Every, all of your liquids had to be submitted to the FDA for a process they call the PMTA pre-market uh, authorization and uh, all the flavors and all the nicotine strengths all the ingredient lists and everything had to be submitted to the FDA and after that it' was like uh, no more no more creating new flavors this is this is all there can be
0: so that's all controlled by the federal government
4: yes all it's all been. Since uh, 2016.
0: Which is why there's a black market. There's where your black market well, came yeah. from. Actually,
4: it's a different black market because no one's black marketing really uh, e liquid. It's, it's the upsurgence of the, uh, uh, the medical marijuana market. Uh huh. It's Comes uh, back
0: to that insane war on drugs. Don't get me started. Yes. Uh,
4: we, may, we may go there. <laughs> <laughs> we may go there. I've already dedicated several shows to the insane that's war that's on like, drugs. I mean, I mean, as a, as, as a business, as, as, a, as a person being in the business, uh, I've seen a large, large upsurgence. And like I said, we knew about this uh, this vitamin E acetate or the tainted cartridges and whatnot as uh, being problematic as far back in as May of this year, mm-hmm. uh, basically the CDC and the FDA drug their feet in like trying to in in trying to like specifically identify exactly what it was that was causing this epidemic which is a false word to use because an epidemic, obviously, you know, being mm-hmm. a nurse, refers to like a communicable disease. Mm-hmm. This is not an epidemic.
2: No,
0: so you're so, not gonna share it with me. No,
4: I'm not gonna <laughs> give it to you, no matter how much you beg. Uh-huh. So, anyway, um, so they were trying to like, you know, isolate exactly what molecule was causing it rather than coming out and saying, hey, there's tainted cartridges out there. Be careful.
2: Exactly, which they, is why yeah, I'm yeah. just baffled why they haven't done that. Well, that's why I was asking and the, about. And your...
4: there's still and still, I mean, there's. Uh, I mean, I, I follow this, and they have a, like a, a new report every week. They come out with a new report.
0: Mm-hmm. That's why I was asking you. Do you cover this in your advertising? Because your, your word is not getting out. It's, it's like us libertarians. We have the best product on the market. Freedom. But we have trouble getting our word out because we get dissed a lot.
4: Well, I said we're limited with, our, uh, with, with what we can do mm-hmm. uh, in advertising. Oh, uh, we, We're uh, bound by the same regulations that apply to tobacco advertising. Uh, wow. Well, it's yes. federal government again? Yes, federal government again.
0: And, you know, we're also limited on time. It always goes so quickly.
4: I'm always surprised how quickly. But I was just starting to have fun. i just starting. I always have fun. That's why I'm doing this. You haven't even gotten me going yet. Uh, Well, I'm going to take over your rant section, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Then I could rant about not being able to rant.
3: Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) A rant, rant.
0: Yes. Well, do you want to throw in anything at the end? Give us your website or any final comments?
4: Um, Yes. It's like uh, vaping is 95% safer. Uh, If you need more information, uh, a very good source that I work very closely with is uh, V-A-E-P World. That's V-A-E-P World dot com. Facebook uh, information for me, that's my primary uh, social outlet, is uh, Facebook slash VaporFox dot com. Spelt funny? Yes, spelt funny. V-A-P-O-R-P-H-O-X-X-E. Yes, and remember: when you know better, you do better.
0: <laughs> That's good. I love it. That's going to have to wrap it up for the then portion of Pennsylvania Project. My thanks again to the guest today, Alan Fox, proprietor of the funnily spelled Vapor Fox in hackbarrow the areas without the, without the apostrophe, the areas original brick and mortar <laughs> store and vape lounge, despite the grammatical issues. <laughs> We're going to pause for this information, and when we return, I'll be ranting about something that really sticks in my craw. Believe it or not, Toastmasters.
1: The following is a commercial announcement Hey, Thane, how's it going? Eh, yeah, could be better. Why? What's the matter? Well, I just found a great job, but I can't take it. Why not? Well, they want me to go with a 1099 contractor. So? So what about all the taxes? Federal taxes, state taxes, this tax, that tax? I have better things to do than figuring out the tax laws and filling out all those forms. I'm a libertarian, remember?
0: Well, then you need Amendment 16.
1: (laughs) Hey, it's the damn 16th Amendment that got me into this predicament in the first place.
0: No, no, Amendment 16, the invoicing service. They'll invoice your client for the hours and expenses you report to them, and when your client pays them, they pay you, minus all required state and federal taxes. It's that easy. One call does it all. And they'll even have an accountant do your personal taxes for you come April Fool's Day. I mean, come April 15th.
1: And they take care of all of the taxes? All the forms? Yep. And they can pass along certain tax breaks, too. (laughs) Sounds perfect. Where do I find them?
0: On the web, of course, at Amendment16.com, with 16 spelled out. That's Amendment, S-I-X-T-E-E-N, dot com. One call does it all.
1: You've been a registered libertarian for years, voted for libertarians even longer, and lived by libertarian principles all your life. Now it's time to take the next step and become a dues-paying member of the Libertarian Party of Pennsylvania. Keep abreast of the march toward liberty in Pennsylvania. Take an active role in making it happen. Maybe even consider running for local political office yourself. It all starts with becoming a dues-paying member of the Libertarian Party of Pennsylvania. It's easy, fast, and only $20 a year. So, visit lppa.org to sign up today. That's lppa.org. Do it today. A free er future is waiting.
0: Hey Ken Krawchuk here again, and welcome to the me portion of episode 36 of the Pennsylvania Project, where I get to rant a bit about something that really sticks in my craw. Specifically, Toastmasters. Yeah, Toastmasters. Believe it or not, it can really stick in the craw. In fact, being a Toastmaster can actually ruin your life, because it affects you in very, very subtle ways, although they may not seem that subtle to the people around you. For example, at a Toastmasters meeting, all speeches are timed, and to help us stay within our time limits, we have a timer. When you reach the minimum time, the timer will hold up a green paddle. When your time is almost up, the timer will hold up a yellow paddle, and eventually the timer will hold up a red paddle, meaning it's time to really wrap it up. Well, Ever since I joined Toastmasters, I've ended up scarred for life. For example, I can't go to church anymore. Because if the priest's sermon starts to run a little bit long, (laughs) yep, you guessed it, there I am in the front row waving a red prayer book at him. Or whatever red item I could find, like some lady's red hat. I can't tell you how many times I've ended up having to go to confession because of Toastmasters. Bless me, Father, for you have sinned. Another problem is that I can't listen to those man-on-the-street interviews anymore. Why? Because at our Toastmasters meetings, we always try to avoid filler words. Things like um, ah, you know, like, and other verbal crutch words. In fact, at the meeting, we have an uh ah-counter, we call him, who sits and counts your ums and ahs and then reports on how many you used. Well, when it comes to those man-on-the-street interviews... Probably half the words that come out of the typical man on the street's mouth are things like, um, ah, you know, like. Do you know how painful that gets to listen to after you've been a Toastmaster for a while? Have you ever had, listened to the Academy Awards, Listen to the winners get up there with their thank-you speeches? <laughs> it's up to me. I'd strike up the orchestra with that first, um, sorry, you lose. Um, uh, <laughs> If you've ever wondered why the Pennsylvania Project is an email-in show rather than a call-in show, Yep, Toastmasters. It's to av- for me to avoid all those painful ums and ahs from the frightened callers. Kenny, don't play that. But you know, these are only minor reasons why Toastmaster 6 in my craw. There's some real biggies. <sighs> I had to give up my political career. Did you know that because of Toastmasters? Did you catch the debate? I was on a nationally televised debate, and I had to stop in the middle of the debate and correct my opponent's grammar. It's not less taxes, sir. The proper grammar is fewer taxes. I even proposed a constitutional amendment requiring our elected officials to be Toastmasters. And have you ever heard George W. Bush give an impromptu speech? I bet you'd agree with it. And remember earlier in the show when I was picking on my guest's grammar? Well, he got off easy, believe me. They're always talking about the benefits of Toastmasters, about how it gives you confidence and helps you improve your impromptu speaking. So we practice impromptu speaking at every meeting. We call it table topics. That's where you're hit with a random question cold, and you have to come up with a coherent reply that lasts for one to two minutes. Some people are terrified of table topics, but you know, after a while, like vaping, it can become addicting, and you start looking for opportunities to do a table topic, and too often, at the worst possible time. For example, there's a time when I was cruising down the road and I got pulled over. The officer walks up to me and asks, Excuse me, sir, do you know how fast you were going? My first reaction? Oh boy, a table topic! It's like giving whiskey to an alcoholic. And the officer, poor officer, has to listen patiently for the next one to two minutes as I ramble on and on, waiting for somebody to wave a red paddle at me. But I guess it wasn't really a good speech because the cop wrote me the ticket anyway. So much for my table-topic skills. You think I'd learn from episodes like that, but no. As it turns out, that speeding ticket was actually an admission ticket to even more table-topics when I went to court to fight the ticket. <laughs> it didn't take long for that Toastmasters-inspired confidence to lead me wrong right from the get-go. Because you know how the hearings start. Raise your right hand. Do you promise to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth to help you God? Hey, a table topic! But wait, wait. I'm not just a toastmaster. I am a libertarian toastmaster. And it showed clearly in my reply to their question. No, I don't promise anything. I have rights secured by the Constitution, and I do not waive them. And for the next one to two minutes, I lecture the judge on the law, waiting for that red paddle to come up. (laughs) And of course it doesn't. What happens instead is a wooden gavel comes down when the judge says guilty. You think that was bad? You think I should have learned my lesson by then? I should have joined Toastmasters Anonymous or something. But but no, not this libertarian Toastmaster. Not yet, anyway. What finally pushed me over the top and decided that issue once and for all was late at night when I was driving home from a big party. It was late, about 3 a.m. I had been drinking. A lot. Up ahead, I see flashing lights Flares on the highway. What is it, I ask myself? An accident? An emergency? That's when I saw the sign. Sobriety checkpoint ahead. It's like, oh no. I pull up to the officer, roll down my window, and he asks, Son, have you been drinking? Oh boy, another table topic! But no, no, no. I knew that I finally had to rein myself in. Because the last thing you want to say to an officer when he stops you at a sobriety checkpoint at 3 a.m., is that you're a toastmaster? Fortunately, my table topic still saved the day. I told him, yes, sir, I have been drinking. I have this chart that says how much I can drink based on my body weight. And according to the chart, I can have four beers and still be under the limit. And I lied to him and said, I only had three tonight. Well, he whacked the side of the car and said, that's the best story I heard all night. He gestured with his hand down the highway and said, have a good evening, sir. Well, that did it. That experience showed me how Toastmasters hadn't ruined my life. It showed me how the skills and confidence it instilled in me shouldn't stick in my craw, but rather should be nurtured, publicized, shouted from the rooftops, proselytized even. No matter how many priests I may annoy, or how many tickets I may get, or how many grammatical errors I may point out for people. So I've learned to live with my affliction. Just count yourself lucky that I'm on the radio Because that means you can always turn me off. (laughs) With that handy but badly needed advice, that's going to have to wrap it up for episode 36 of the Pennsylvania Project. Tell me, what do you think about Toastmasters? Or Grammar? Or Real ID? Or Vapor? Or Antimetabolese? Or anything Pennsylvania related, actually, or close to Pennsylvania related. If you have something to say, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us at PennsylvaniaProject.com right after you sign our petition, by the way, to get schools to teach the Pennsylvania Constitution. You can also hear us there at PennsylvaniaProject.com, as well as on iTunes and other popular podcast providers. Today's episode is courtesy of Amendment 16 Limited, recorded live at the studios of WWDB Radio, broadcasting at 10 a.m. every Saturday on 860 a.m. in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and released as a podcast every Tuesday at PennsylvaniaProject.com. Our webmaster is Stephen Worley. Our marketing guru is Connor Dragotis. Featured Toastmaster narrator is Thane Shetter. You did a great job, Thane. Featured Toastmaster cohort, Ariel. You did well, as always. I like the pressure you put on our guest. That was fun. And our keyboard wizard, Joe the Pag. Oh, I didn't give you your name. Feature Toastmaster cohort, Ariel Cayman. Did I say your name?
2: You did, but I'll take it twice.
0: Oh, uh-huh. okay. All yours. It's yours anyway.
2: Uh-huh.
0: Keyboard wizard, Joe the Pag. Who by the way I was talking to, I'm trying to get him on as a guest. He's penciled in for next week. Wouldn't that be cool? Radio producer Mark Brett excuse me, Brett Kronberger, who's also now a Toastmaster. Executive producer Mark Bazacco and me, your caster, Ken Krawchuk. Thanks for joining us. And remember, more important than solving the problem correctly is to solve the correct problem.